From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Danny Flecko with us here on a Friday, July 21st, 2024. Sorry, 2023. Jeez. You you want to hop a year, Danny? <laughs> uh, no, let's take our time. The year's already flying by. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right, so when I, um, you know, it's right about that time, training camp's opening, and we have disgruntled players. It's a tradition unlike any other in football. We have disgruntled athletes, um, and specifically disgruntled football players. Sorry, uh, uh, excuse me, disgruntled running backs. Um, and you gave an amazing analogy the other day um, re- regarding um, uh, running backs, how they need to look at themselves. Um, and I said, uh, this is about redoing a house. So have at it because the world needs to hear this. This is an amazing analogy you made. So have at it. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's how they view themselves because it's obvious that for a casual fan and a fan of football, you know, it's a running back. If you have a good running back, it's a, can be a game changer, can provide your offense with more flexibility. But when you look at the way salaries are structured in the NFL, how they go about drafting and evaluating and utilizing, you know, the position as a whole, you know, I look at it like building a house. You know, your foundation is your, your, your foundation and exterior are your GM and your coach. You know, they're the ones that are, they got, they're the ones that are protecting the team, help building, you know, help setting the structure and foundation for what your team is going to be. When I look at the Giants specifically, again, not, not every house is built the same and not every house is, is equal, but they were a rundown house when Shane and, and Dable went in there. They needed a new kitchen, they needed everything. They redid the outside. Built that foundation, which came in house and said, "We need our kitchen. You know, we need to have you know that that piece that's going to really set us apart." They chose to give Daniel Jones that contract because redoing a kitchen for anybody that does it is a pain in the ass. You know, it's an expensive process not something you want to continuously do because at the end of the day, it's going to cost you a lot of money, a lot of inconvenience, and it sets you back completely. When I look at the running back position the way it's treated now in the NFL, it's like a coat of paint. You you can change it whenever you want. Does it inconvenience you at times? Yeah. Is it pain in the ass? Yeah. But it's cheap. It's easy to do. And really, anyone can do it. You know, some are better than others, but at the end of the day, it's something that a normal person can do. And I think that's the way running backs are, are looked at when building a team, is that everyone's a different shade of, of color. Everyone can pretty much be plug and play. You can do what it is that you want to do with them, and then if it goes out of style or you want to change it up, there are options out there for you to do so. And 
that, that's the way they're just treated right now, unfortunately. Does it make sense? Maybe not. You know, I think the running back position as a whole, has, you know, while you need a great individual to be, I think, a phenomenal team, you need other pieces there. You need a strong passing game. You need a strong offensive line. I think you need a strong play caller, too. Somebody that's going to commit to showcasing the talent and the skills of that individual. Not every running back that is great is paired with those things, and that at times can suppress their value. And when I look at Saquon and I look at the Giants, I see a team that, you know, could be up and coming. You know, there's still a lot of things that they need to do to be better. Uh, there's still a lot more runway that they need to create to uh, gain that sort of flexibility. If the Giants were going all in this year, I think they get a deal done. I think if they were, you know, had a window here three years of, of winning a Super Bowl, I think Saquon gets that deal. I just don't think they're there, and I think that they made it very clear in their negotiations that, hey, we want you, but we want you at this price because we know this team as a whole, as we continue to move forward, needs investment and updates elsewhere, and we need that flexibility. They want to look at that, look at it that way, and rightfully so. You know, I'm not, disc- I'm not upset that he thinks that he deserves, you know, a contract. I think as a fan, I'm upset with the way it went down. You know, you had a contract on a, uh, you had a contract offer on the table in the fall. I think it was very clear the Giants wanted to franchise Daniel Jones, and Saquon did not allow for that to happen. They had to go in a different direction. They invested in Daniel Jones. Saquon got the tag with the hope that they could sign him long term. And they didn't. And I think that there's plenty to go around on both sides, but I think at the end of the day, the Giants are not a Saquon Barkley deal away from contending for a Super Bowl. They, they have a lot of other pieces that they have to start investing in. And unfortunately, Saquon is, is getting that tag. And, and you know, what he decides to do with it is up to him. I, I hope he realizes that him playing on it, is the best option for him right now. I don't know that holding out or being disgruntled or making a scene for four or five months is going to really get you what you want long-term because, again, the Giants just franchise him again next year. But I think that there's a lot of perception out there that this position as a whole is not worth long-term investment. And, unfortunately, it's just something that needs to change, I think, if they want to get what they think they deserve. I just don't know financially that the NFL or, or GMs are willing to do that. So, you know, it puts them in a spot right now where you see the running backs across the league, and a lot of them are going to be coming up on contracts. You know, you saw Jonathan Taylor, uh, Najee Harris, all these guys that are looking at, you know, negotiating their own contracts very, very soon um, are going to be looking at, I think, a very similar type of situation moving forward in that, yeah, you're a valuable piece of this team, but at the end of the day, $15 million spent on this position could realistically be spent elsewhere that could help with the longevity of the team. 
and we can draft options that are cheaper that can give us 80% of the production that you give us, and we still could, you know, win the same amount of games. That's just a beautiful explanation, I think, of where we are when it comes to running backs. Um, Danny gave this to me a couple uh, days ago, and I appreciate you, Danny, giving it to us now. So I'm going to flip this question back around and say, how do you think this ends? Because right now you've got Saquon saying, maybe I'll sit out a year. Well, ask Le'Veon Bell, and he'll tell you that was a big mistake. So where do you think this all ends? I think he reports to camp late, signs his tender, probably has a great year. That, that, that's what I think happens. You know, I, I, I really like him as a player. I think he's phenomenal. I think for the Giants to get to where they want to get to this season, they need a healthy Saquon Barkley. We saw that last year when he's healthy. He is stabilizing. He, he ran different last year. You know, he wasn't skirting behind the line. He wasn't dancing around. He was more authoritative with his run. And for the Giants to be a complete team, they need him on the field. So I do think he reports late. I do think that he's going to be looking to exact some revenge on the Giants' front office for not giving him a long-term deal. Uh, so that, that's what I think happens. What do I think the future for him in New York is? I don't know. I think it's 50-50. I think, again, when I look at this team, you have your investment in your quarterback. You made some investment in your offensive line. Um, I mean, in your defensive line uh, with Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you know, Leonard Williams is coming off the books next year. So maybe they have some more financial flexibility. But, again, I think a 30,000-foot view, you're looking at having to sign Thomas to a big extension. You're probably losing to Dory Jackson next year, so you need to find another cornerback. You know, you can't just keep drafting them. You need to have some veteran leadership there. So, you know, you might be looking at them investing in some wide receiver options next year. You know, where does Saquon fall on that list? You know, he's probably like number two or three, to be honest. So, you know, whether or not they, they pony up. And again, you got to think that next year he's going to be another year older with another season on his, on his legs. What's his price point then? Is it the same as it is now? Is it different? Does it change? Who knows? So, you know, I think at the end, you know, he does sign the tender. He shows up late, does his best to, to be a team player and to get the locker room to where it needs to be. But I think it's 50-50 that, you know, at this time next year he's with them. It is going to be fascinating to see as time goes on. Danny Flecko with us here on Teeing It Up. As you look at the broader NFL as we start training camp, anything stick out besides the fact that there's some new quarterback in, in uh, Florham Park? I mean, that's probably the number one storyline if you really think about it, right? It, it's, you know, what are the Jets going to be? What are they going to look like? How are they going to feel? How does the media interact with them? Yeah, we've got some snippets of it, but now we're going to really start to get into it. I look at New England. You know, how does Bill Belichick bounce back? You know, with Bill O'Brien, does that offense look different? How are they going to, you know, compete in what is now a, a very loaded AFC East? You know, it's going to be a very, very – I think the AFC East is probably the most interesting division this year. 
with the Bills, with the Dolphins, Jets, and, and Patriots. I think you have four teams that are capable of winning 10 games, but then I think you also have three teams that are capable of losing 10 games, uh, depending on how things shake out. You know, I, I look at also, you know, teams, I think the AFC North is also another, you know, interesting division. Lamar Jackson coming back with his new contract, Odell Beckham. How does Cincinnati respond after their AFC championship loss? Uh, Pittsburgh seems to be rejuvenized and ready to get back at it. And then you also don't have the Browns. You know, Deshaun Watson, what does that look like in an offseason where he's had the opportunity to not be suspended and hopefully not do any of the full, you know, full crap that he was doing in the past? How do they come back um, and, you know, and compete in that division. So those are just some basic storylines, but I think, you know, as a whole, as at any point this time of year, it's a very interesting situation, you know, with with what's going on. Um, training camp is always interesting in the fact that you're on bated breath as a fan, hoping that nobody on your team gets hurt, that you're able to have a, a, a full and healthy roster going into the season. And you just want to get through this next four or five weeks unscathed. Uh, that's, I think, the biggest storyline. I mean, that's what I always look at when I when we get to this time of year is what you know, what's Twitter saying? What what's the blurb on Roto World? What player got injured? What's not contact? You know, those those are things that you just hold your breath for. So you know, I'm just excited for it to be back. I'm been starving for it. I'm just. At a point, I think, in the summer where it's just like, give me football, I'm, I'm done with everything else that's going on. I, I, I can confirm it, that uh, Danny Starford. Uh, you, you are ready. You are, you are ready to uh, dive back in. Danny Flecker with us here. I'm teeing it up. Um, I, I, I want to ask one thing here about um, the, the uh, Jetsons specifically. These stories, you always hear these stories that come out of training camp um, about this guy's been great with the media or this guy's been great with the veterans or this guy's been great with the rookies. This guy's been great with the with with the newbies and, and you're hearing it right now there in Rogers. And I'm like, OK, that's that's lovely for me, at least. I don't care one iota about this until we actually get to a game. Does anything you read out of camp about the way someone is conducting themselves matter to you? No, not this time of year, because nothing matters right now. You're not playing, none of the games mean, you know, you're not playing any games. The frustration, the adversity isn't there. So, you know, you can, everyone's happy when, when everything's going well. Um, let's see how it, how, they conduct, let's see how the Jets conduct themselves in September after a tough loss or, or you know, going into a game that they didn't play their best or they have a tough injury and, you know, how the team responds to that. I think that's, you know, I think that's what matters at the end of the day. I could care less about what anyone's saying in June, July, and August. You know, I, I care more about what's happening when the season starts and how people are, are conducting and, and communicating at that point. Right now, it's all just flopped. I mean, they're going to say what they need to say. They're going to ingratiate themselves, you know, with the media. Um, you know, especially for someone like Aaron Rodgers, who's coming from Green Bay, where, yeah, there's, there's talk of the town. 
they're the only only thing going on, but New York is a completely different animal. It'll eat you up and spit you back out in, in less than 24 hours if you give them the chance to. That it does. That it absolutely does. Tonight is a big night uh, in American sports because the future is here. Messi is here. Messi is coming to MLS. Soccer, the sport of the future, is now. Have I overhyped it? I, I think <laughs> whenever a big name soccer player comes to play for the MLS, I think you get this type of situation. You know, it's exciting. It's new. It's different. It's like you chose us. You came here to play. I am still in, I think, a camp where MLS soccer isn't even a top seven league in the world. It means not that much to me. I, I, I just can't get, I can't get into it. I, I have never, I haven't gotten there yet with it. It's a tough sport to watch, you know, from a viewing standpoint with the way they set it up to now. It's like half the games are on FS1. Half the games are on Apple TV. I hate streaming on. I hate streaming sports, so I'm definitely not watching Apple TV. I also don't even know if I have an Apple TV subscription. So it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's great that they are able to get this type of individual to come play here. Um, but I also am in a camp where I, I have never been into MLS. Don't think I ever will. And until they're competing and actually are like. The choice and the league, I just think it's really hard to get behind. What can he do for MLS? Because obviously he's going to bring in a fringe casual fan at the beginning. But do you think long term that he can ride a sustainable change? I think he can sort of pave the way for individuals to see that MLS is an option for them, not necessarily at their twilight of their career. I, I still think he has a lot to give. Uh, you know, he he had the op- he had the option to go to Saudi Arabia. He didn't, uh, and I applaud him for not doing that. Um, I'm not really a fan of what's going on with that. Um, I think he can sort of pave the way and say, "Hey, like the MLS doesn't have to be your last choice." Living in America, playing in America, is a good opportunity for you if you if you want to take that that route. Um, but he is going to, you know, have to try and be an ambassador. And I don't know if he has that sort of personality to be an ambassador. But I do think he can show players that play in Europe that you know. If you if you don't think that European football is for you and you want to try something different and you still have something to give, that the MLS can still give you that opportunity to showcase your skills, be in consideration for your your, your national teams, etc. Because I do think that MLS up until now has been looked at as a last last resort for a lot of players, and you can sort of show them that maybe it's not. Daniel Flecker with us here. I'm teeing it up. Um, is there anything about the Yankees you would like to speak about? <laughs> Danny, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I said, is there anything about the Yankees you would like to speak about? 
stink. I mean, I don't know what else there is about them. I just think that it's clear without Judge, they are a middling team. Um, they, I, I think, have no mojo. They can't hit the ball. They can't play baseball the right way. I think Aaron Boone has made some really big managerial mistakes, such as like pitching to Shohei Otani the other night. Yeah. I, I just don't think that this team is built or has been built for longevity the last couple of years. I, I don't see how Boone comes back. I also don't see how Cashman comes back. But, you know, the Yankees, I think, have, have been playing that card that they don't want to shake things up. They want to stay within a certain salary threshold. Um, but... I do think that maybe this year that's going to change a little bit. I just don't know if that's sustainable anymore in this in this market. I think that there there may have been a move here made soon by somebody in in the upper office. You can't get too hit against the Angels. You you can't you know in a, in a series where you're already having issues um, involving. Um, you know, decision making on um, pitching to I, I believe the most dynamic player in all of baseball in in you know Tani. There's a lot of of second guessing here, and uh, um, look, Aaron Boone's a great manager, a great person, but I'm not sure he's the right guy for this team. The other thing about this team is, it's a win now team without their best player who has no timeline for return. So they're bringing guys up to try to stabilize things when you don't know what the right move to do is. You know? And that's a very odd place to be, I, I think, as a baseball team. It's kind of win now, but not, but, but potentially not win now at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's tough. and it, I, I just think it's their approach, the, the way they play. I mean, you look at teams out there right now, like Tampa Bay, Baltimore... Cincinnati, you know, these teams don't have, I don't think, overall better players than the Yankees. I just think their approach and their system and the way that they teach the game is different. And the Yankees, you know, if they're not hitting home runs, they're not scoring runs. And if they're not striking people out, they're giving up home runs. I I think they've lost their way of trying just to play fundamental baseball. And with that, you get... Lineup imbalances. You have you worry too much about what the matchups are, and instead of just managing a little bit with your gut, you, you sort of just throw it to the books, and the books are giving you what the numbers say. And the numbers, again, I, I think we've had this discussion. The numbers can be great to help paint a picture, but it doesn't mean that that's how you have to manage the game. Um, you know, Shohei Otani is up, and you're winning the game. He's hit 34 home runs, and he's probably the best hitter in baseball right now. Maybe you walk him and take your chances with somebody else. You know, I, I've also been, you know, I've also, I've always been in the camp that I would rather let somebody else beat me than the best player. You know, if you can avoid that, avoid it. And Boone chose not to, and they lost, and then they got swept, and I think they're officially out of the playoffs. I, I don't see any way back for them. I, I can't, I, they're just not consistent enough. 
I'm with you. I, I, I think that they've let this go too far. Um, and that ultimately, um, this time, sorry, that their season has gone um, a little bit too far to um, start the uh, season. Um, is there anything else that you would like to uh, touch on as we close out? Uh, any, any other team up with nothing, Dan Flacco? Nothing. Yeah, nothing too much on my end. Um, Women's World Cup. You know, if you're staying up, it's a good option for you to watch nowadays. I was watching a little bit last night. I'll probably watch a little tonight. The U.S. The U.S. plays tonight, so yeah. I, I think it'll be an easy win for them. But um, it's interesting. They've actually done something different with like the the TV format. You know, putting a game like in prime time on the East Coast most days, which is which is new. I don't think when they've had events out there, they've done that in the past. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's all time zone driven, but very cool indeed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's good for us, you know, as viewers to be able to watch that. So, you know, catch a little bit of that. You know, training camp, you know, officially I think opens up next week for everybody. So keeping an eye on that. But other than that, you know, just counting down the days. <laughs> one last fun one for you. The, the uh, Jets are in the Hall of Fame game this year. How many minutes will any starter actually play in the Hall of Fame game? I'm, I'm guessing 0.1% of all uh, major minutes. Yeah, I don't think anybody that's important will be touching the field in that game. Yeah, no. So they'll be ready for many interviews, but I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think they'll be doing any of that. Uh, Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good one. You got it, and uh, enjoy your day out there, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up.